0: blockchain is distributed and public and visible and open it's already out there and we own it it's our printers it's our bluetooth speakers it's our sound bars
1: this podcast is brought to you by the team at azure australia to get your hands on more short sharp and immediately useful resources head to the azure australia website and search for goldmine Hey, and welcome to GIS Directions podcast. I'm Tata Necker.
2: I'm Wayne Archer, And I'm Josh Mann.
1: And in today's episode, we're talking proving location with geomining, the facts and myths around blockchain. Now, today, you're going to learn exactly how to prove authentic location with blockchain and IoT or Internet of Things. And you'll hear some practical reasons on why your organization may want to go down this path. Now, look, I'll admit I am a bit of a novice in this topic. So I will be asking a lot of questions and I'm really excited to get into this because I know that my colleagues here, Wayne and Josh, have uh, different opinions so they sit on different sides of the fence. I might start with you, Wayne, as the resident expert, why is this topic so important?
0: Well, I think uh, the topic is important because the world has has suddenly been born into a place where GPS is in all of our pockets. It's readily accessible and we can look at a, a GPS receiver, look at our mobile phone, and get a really, really accurate location. And we trust that and we trust for it to be true. But the question we've got is, Is that a trustworthy data source? Is that true? Can we always trust that GPS is going to be there? And how are we going to work in a world where it isn't any longer? And it just so happens that one of the topics that I'm passionate about is blockchain. And it's one of those solutions that we've got to solving the problem of an untrustable oracle. Josh I know you've got some alternate uh, opinions and you, you're not quite sold on blockchain yet so what can I say what can I say in this episode that's going to bring you over to camp blockchain well yeah I
2: mean work on it work on it um, <laughs> but, but first of all the, you know the fence between us is is opaque I mean it's it's not like a this is you know true. a solid wall here um, I guess what what I struggle with on this topic is there's um, there's the view that we have enormous dependency on GPS as a means of getting ubiquitous location um is the the desire the pressure to have an alternative to that because of the lack of trust or perceived lack of trust or is it more to do with perceived fragility of gps in the sense that it might go away one day
0: sure i mean it's definitely both of those things so for 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 starters we do have a physical you know challenge ahead of us more satellites up in space gps is satellite based what happens if if the worst case scenario happens and we have that space junk scenario where every satellite starts taking out every other satellite and GPS just simply is broken and doesn't work. What would happen? So that's the the physical case. But then there's the trust issue as well. And uh, I remember, Tar, you uh, actually, you came up with, you told me a story uh, about uh, the German artist. Oh my gosh,
1: Uh, yeah, the guy, he had um, 99 mobile devices and he carted them around in, I think it was trolleys uh, behind him and um, anyone who went and looked at a map, it it looked like there was um, a a traffic jam. That's the one. You know, the, the location of his mobile device. Yeah,
0: that's right. So he, he started carrying around as a, as an experiment mm-hmm. uh, ninety nine mobile phones, obviously with GPS you know receivers in there. Now what he found was that you know other big oracles like Google uh, actually use that information, the presence of those those GPS mobile phones mm-hmm. as an indicator of the presence of people or the presence of cars, mm-hmm. and um, they interpret that as a traffic jam, and. Automatically, he found that he was walking the streets, big you know, streets, main thoroughfares, mm-hmm. with no other cars on them. And this was because the routing solutions had seen this as being a traffic jam and started routing everyone around them. Mm-hmm. So that it really you know, poses the question of we, we seem to have uh, diminished our, our capability of location finding and proving our location in the world around us by relying on these large oracles of information that we assume to be trustworthy. And when it comes down to it, the question is, well, are they really trustworthy? Because they're all owned and operated by large monoliths, by large companies or by government organizations in the case of GPS. I mean, just to, just to throw another you know, perspective on, <laughs> on that
2: particular question, like the trust, um, isn't, isn't it kind of unique, GPS, in the sense that you know where you are, you know where your phone is? Tells you you are. You've kind of got this ongoing comparison that you make as a as a subjective human to say, well, I kind of know that it's wrong here, or you know, well, yes, I'm, I'm always aware of where I am in
0: relation to what it's telling me. Well, in 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 the terms of GPS, I think we've we've got a, a more simple problem, and that is that it doesn't work everywhere. Even right now, even in in the best case scenario. You take your mobile phone underground, take it through the, uh, the M7 tunnel, and your GPS isn't working. Uh, you take it inside buildings. GPS, really bad inside buildings. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, is GPS really uh, a useful tool that we can use in all places? And if not, what are the alternatives?
1: Now, when what I'm really picking up from, I guess, um, you know, our exchange here is, are you saying that GPS is not the only way that we can look at proving our location? So, if we didn't have GPS, we should be looking at other technologies and methodologies to pick up that location. Well, well, what if we didn't have those? How, how how are we?
0: Well, that's certainly the question that has you know brought us to to where we are. Mm-hmm. So. People have started to understand this. You know, our industry is starting to question: Well, you know, if we put all of our eggs in one basket, uh, that's going to be a problem. How can we mitigate that risk? And what other alternatives can we look into? Now, the industry obviously is a buzz with blockchain. Uh, Bitcoin came out in in twenty eleven mm-hmm. uh, and really sort of you know, changed people's mind about how we can distribute. The technologies and the, uh, the the tools that we use, so that everybody is in charge of it, rather than these big, you know, monoliths being in charge of, of various different things.
2: Here's where I need your help, Wayne. Yeah, I I, I I I can see blockchain being another basket, which your eggs are in. So why why is it less fragile, better, stronger? What makes it not just another dependency?
0: Sure. So. Blockchain has, has some unique properties that have been designed into it from the ground up. And they've been designed into, uh, to a- eliminate these, these single points of failure and to eliminate the capability for somebody to alter the record of truth. Uh, and if our record of truth is, is owned and maintained by, by large you know, monoliths, then you don't have the control over that. Blockchain is distributed and public and visible and open. And vulnerable because of that, or not? Um, I think that re- well, it definitely reduces vulnerability. There are other kinds of vulnerabilities that have crept in because mm-hmm. of the nature of blockchain. Uh, but one of the key principles behind all blockchain technologies mm-hmm. is cryptography. So we're relying on some pretty complex and pretty tried and, t- and tested maths to ensure that it isn't vulnerable to these kind of things, to ensure that you can't alter the record, to ensure that there's no argument about what the records on this massive public distributed database of what is the blockchain. So that's exactly what blockchain is, is a distributed database. Everybody has a copy of the database and we all confer as to what the records in the database are. and we come upon a con- general consensus as to, to what the truth is. And it's done in a, a group participatory uh, fashion where everybody takes a part in this. Some people are collecting data, mm-hmm. some people are recording data, others are verifying data. And we start to get terms that relate back to their real world you know, primitives mm-hmm. as the people who are collecting data and the people who are, are, are actually gathering this information and verifying it with each other are performing a task which we call in the industry as mining. Mm -hmm. And so when we're gathering information about the world around us in this public distributed fashion, what we're doing is we're mining that data Mm -hmm. and we're mining it onto the blockchain, putting it into that distributed database. Now, Ta.
1: No, wait. I I like what you've said that you've hit some keywords that I really like that you've said open you've said distributed and you've said it's something that can be used now this sounds to me like it's it's something from the future something from Star Trek Um, something that you know we could be using um, for smart cities Uh, we have and I don't know if it's blockchain and please correct me if I am wrong uh, we have little receivers I think within a CBD location that that marks out a block and it picks up on individual signals from their mobile devices so we can pick up on traffic within the CBD that helps to make data driven decisions about about, you know whether we need to upgrade roads or we need to add pedestrian um you know pathways or bikeways and things now is this what you're talking about when you're talking about the future of blockchain Because so i'm about to get on this blockchain boat but i need to know that
0: you know it's it, it's solid well There's that's no exactly legal. what we're talking about you're absolutely spot on it's 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 key in in the movement of iot okay. Uh, uh, you know the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason that it, it it's key is because of the distributedness. So if you're going to collect all of this information using sensors in your built environment, like mm-hmm. you've just talked about, who owns the sensors? Who puts them there?
1: That's a really good question. And Josh brought this up before: with security, who does own them? Like, can I tap into that data?
0: Can you tap into that data? Can you tap into the fact that Google tracks all of these devices around the place? How do they track those devices, and do you have access to the information? And that's the challenge that's led us to where we are right now.
2: But I want to jump in here, and and again, you know, as the as the uh, killjoy in the conversation. (laughs) Um, So I'm 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 just thinking about how did I I get it? I kind of understand the concept here, but I want to map the concept forgive the pun, (laughs) Uh, I want to map the concept into a form where I can understand how I could consume that as an alternative source of location in the things that I'm familiar with, the tools I work with. Like, at the moment, I can get some sort of 2D coordinate out of whatever network environment I'm in. It could be GPS, it could be Wi-Fi, it could be cell towers, it could be Bluetooth beacons. There's a kind of mapping of some hardware infrastructure that's providing signal to something that tells me where I am. How how does the conceptual blockchain thing turn into something I can retrieve location
0: from? So in response to that, uh, I think one of the the things that people uh, haven't really sort of uh, noticed is that we already have a network of sensors or a network of signals out there in our world. And it's not been put out there by big companies, by big monoliths. It's not controlled by big companies and and big monoliths. It's controlled by us. And those signals are things like Wi-Fi and and Bluetooth signals like you just mentioned. Um, And they form a part of our built environment now that we don't see because those signals are invisible other than by electronic devices and, and things that can record them. So it's already out there and we own it. It's our printers, it's our Bluetooth speakers, it's our sound bars. These are things that are beaming out a signal that don't move and essentially form what we used to you know, call landmarks. So we look out our window and we can see a mountain and we can see a tower. Well, if we look through our digital eyes out our window, what we get to see are Wi-Fi signals and routers and printers. So by using, just as you said, you know, traditional two-dimensional techniques of trilateration or triangulation, we can use those signals to actually accurately find location. And
2: what's the, I just feel like there's a a, a kind of fabric that has to be laid
0: on top of that to support what you're talking about. Am I... I there is some Not some sort theory. of fabric so this is where we need things like geomining so it's a it's a good point and i think what you're you're hovering around here is why would anybody do this what's the incentive for us to do this and how is it going to reach some sort of critical mass and that's where the the term or the the, the notion of mining or in this case we're talking about you know collecting geographic information where geo mining comes in So with blockchain, there is the ability to incentivize activities by giving you some coins. Now, this might be funny internet money in the terms of like uh, (laughs) Bitcoin, but people are embracing the idea that their effort is worth something and getting a reward for their effort is a, is a real thing, and that's a driving force behind all of our different blockchain technologies. Mm-hmm. So if I give you a real world example, uh, Ta, you've seen me um, walking around with this cool little hexagonal plastic mm. thing on my key ring that mm-hmm. makes little beeping noises. Now, what that is, is it's a little receiver that can actually receive you know, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth signals. It's made by a company called XYO Findables. Now, This is not traditionally a blockchain company. These, this company started out making little tokens for luggage and for parcels. So that you put it in a parcel, put it on your luggage and track where it is in the world. But in order to track that, XYO findables needed to actually install points that could detect those little uh, tags wherever they went. With the the notion of blockchain, what, what they realized was, we can crowdsource this and people can actually track the tags just by wandering around and receiving the signals and recording them to a publicly accessible place. And that's exactly what these XYO findable tokens do. As I wander around, they're recording the presence of other tokens and the presence of other signals in my environment, they're recording it to a public database, blockchain, and I get a little reward for doing so.
1: That sounds great, Wayne. I think that's a really great way to give us some practical examples and uses of blockchain. Uh, Josh, are you coming on to the blockchain side? Are you getting on this boat?
2: Look, I, I, I think I think I'm 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 more clued up than I was at the beginning. <laughs> I, I think I get where you're going, Wayne. Um, uh, I mean, I'll just throw one perhaps facetious question back at you. But how many other people are in this universe with these hexagonal? Gadgets.
0: Well, I can tell you there are at least four of them in Canberra where I've started to create a little bit of a clan of <laughs> Having said that, we're talking uh, you know tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people already in this, and it's growing every day.
2: And how how would you you know keep tabs of how this emerges and how it gets to a point where it could conceivably be part
0: of what we? think of as GIS? The blockchain uh, is um, accessible through the internet. So the recording of all of this happens into a, a public database, so to speak, that is publicly accessible to the public internet. So you can track how you know, well this is going by having a look at the products that people are building out of that global database. If you go to XYO uh, Findables site, you'll find that there's a, a map there that you can actually search. You can type in an ID of a tag and see whereabouts in the world it is and what other people have seen, where it has been seen last, who can confirm having seen that token. So you can actually see the results through the internet offerings that are coming about. And and that's the same for all of these kind of blockchain or geo-blockchain offerings, is they have some sort of manifestation that allows you to realize the investment you've made. They must have this because without the incentive uh, to actually do it in the first place and without a tool to actually reap those rewards, this would go nowhere. And from my observation, it's certainly not going nowhere. It's one of those things that is being seriously considered and seriously talked about throughout our industry.
1: Well, thanks so much for that, Wayne, our resident expert on blockchain, and definitely enlightening us on this great topic. No problem. Um, I think Josh and I are definitely warming up to the idea, and I might be getting on the boat. So if you can let me know, where I can get one of those cute little tag things. I'd I'll, love to start. I'll
0: to... hook you up after the session. Oh, no dumb, worries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, a couple of key takeaways that we've definitely picked up here, and that's GPS no longer cuts it in terms of proving location. Now, as we all know, our industry is embracing distributed solutions to modern location finding, and the big technologies to watch our blockchain and. IoT. Now the blockchain and the GPS-free IoT which feeds it will become an increasing disruptor and all spatially aware organizations need to understand the nature of this change and the benefits which it enables. Now the key takeaway is the importance of checking your sources. If everything you rely on is based upon GPS then perhaps it's time to investigate new approaches to the age-old problem of where are you.
0: Maybe we should uh, let the last word go to the
2: skeptic in the room, Josh. If you're keen to learn more about this topic, there's some great resources at gisdirectionspodcast.com.au that'll fill you in on some of the ways you can use Bluetooth, Wi-Fi and other sources of location to establish where you are.
1: Make sure you join us for our next episode where we talk mapping with integrity, how to avoid the scandal of fake mapping news. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia.